What's up, fools? This is Nigel McGuinness. This is Ring of Honor's Adam Cole. This is the king of old school, Steve Carino. This is Nick and Matt Jackson. What up, what up? This is your boy, ATH. This is the undisputed murder king, Keith Burton. Hey, this is TJ Perkins. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mike Bondo. This is Bobby Fish, one half of Red Dragon. This is the hit book, Red Titus. And you're listening to the ROH Podcast. Or is it ROH Cast on ROHworld.com? They say they made all podcasts equal. They were wrong. These three guys are something like FBI agents. Be careful. It's the ROH Cast here on ROHworld.com. The week after Final Battle, the biggest Ring of Honor show of the year, and getting close to the December 25th holiday that... I hope, uh, if most of you celebrate, I hope you're ready. The zombie podcaster, Des, and the American bearded nightmare, John. John, are you ready to celebrate the twenty, uh, the uh, December 25th holiday? I am, and it feels like Christmas time here because it is about 80 degrees outside. Mm, that's Christmas time in Florida for you. It is. It was nice and cold here in Southern California. I thought we were going to have a nice cold Christmas and then decide to go and heat up right before the... Uh, December 25th holiday. Did it heat up because of all the action from Final Battle? Well, may, may, maybe not that. But there was action <laughs> on Final Battle. There was, in fact, action. Our full review coming up for you here on the ROH cast. Stick around. Biggest show of the year. So, by proxy, the biggest review of the year for us. So that's coming up. But, John, I, I got to tell you, we're, we're getting ready for the holidays. And, and Well, I mean, we already started our holidays with Thanksgiving and and I know some of our, our Jewish friends started celebrating Hanukkah, and it, it's, it has ended since. But I don't feel ready for Christmas quite yet. There's something there's something missing. I agree. I think there's some kind of Christmas carol or something that needs to be sung. Some sort of Christmas carol. I think before we, we have a Merry Christmas, we need to have a, a Merry Tootmas. Get the power bomb onto the, the back of his knee. <laughs> back of his knee. <laughs> Why is he raping Maria on his way to TV talk show? <laughs> what is going on? That was, I got like the craziest echo ever. This is the most botched thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I had like 45 seconds to come up with what you're going to say. <laughs> oh my god. Our Witch Podcast. Did I say that wrong? <laughs> 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 it's, it's ROH cast. Yeah. ROH cast. I'd rather watch men do it than women do it. Ben and Dave wants to know, what are your thoughts on Mabel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't have this. We can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, 
and talk about some uh, topics with you. Oh my god! He died too quickly, he's here! My friend, is this Todd Sinclair? It's not Todd. Who is this? Who, which Todd is this? I don't know if it's Todd Sinclair or if it's someone else of that nature. I noticed. I, I noticed you know a lot of things, all right? You should be an FBI investigator or something. Hello, everyone. I'm Harry. Oh, my God, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I had a stroke or something. <laughs> Osteoporosis. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, God, this is dreadful. We haven't even got ten. Come on, there's 40 seconds of God. <laughs> Uh, I think Hasmosis is a metaphor. Hasmosis? What the hell? These are dreadful, John. I, I wish they'd bring back Muhammad Hasmosis. Joe, we got 10 seconds. Uh, Hasta la vista. Your <laughs> animal is a hostage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's it, John. That's it. John, why can't we have great funny moments like that together that we can put into our own Christmas song? Why do we have to go back to the old school? Because a lot of that was making fun of Ring of Honor 2012 when it was much worse than Ring of Honor 2013. And You're because right. we don't accept the foolishness that the scum members that have so long departed from our presence. Yes, that British foolishness shall not be tolerated here on the American ROH cast. Thank God. Exactly. And that that song reminded me of one more thing. Prince Nana is awesome. He is awesome. He is an amazing human being. I felt sad that he was booed so badly at uh, Final Battle. Yeah, uh, that just proves that New York fans don't know what's good for them. Yeah, Steve Carino's right about New York, everyone. He is absolutely right. So, you know, 2013 Ring of Honor, definitely not as bad, not as laughable as the 2012 stuff, as evidenced by the biggest Ring of Honor show of the year. John, let's talk about Final Battle, which went up Monday morning. It was taped Saturday night, so we didn't get to see it on Sunday, but... uh, it was up by Monday morning, and uh, when did you get a chance to watch this show? I watched it Wednesday. started on Wednesday and finished it up on Thursday. All right, and I blitzed through this thing on Monday. I, I didn't want to have to sit down with it twice, so I just sat down and I, I watched the I watched a three-hour Raw, and then I watched Final Battle, so I was a trooper that day. That's a lot of wrestling. That is a lot of wrestling. And then after that, I watched PWG, because I am a monster. <laughs> you, you you just had a crazy day. I I did. I I'm unemployed. I need I need something to occupy my time. <laughs> so, uh, final battle, John. And uh, was there a? Did you get any any reports? Was there a pre match or or a pre show before the the show went on the air? There was a pre show match. It uh, involved the brutal burgers, who I still think should be called Bob's Burgers, but that's besides the point. Yes. 
uh, taking on Team Benchmark of, uh, I believe he's going to be in the Top Prospects Tournament. Bill, Bill Daly, I believe his name is. And I do not have the other team member's name. I'm but it was, guessing... said to be a, it was said to be a fun match, though. I'm guessing Brutal Burgers beat Bill Daly and his partner. I'm assuming so, yes. I believe that's what happened. You can, I believe they uploaded it for ringside members on their TV show. And it was Team Benchmark of Bill Daly and Will Ferrara. Ah, there you go. His name actually sounds familiar. Probably because it sounds like Ed Ferrara. Ah, that might be. Never mind then. <laughs> so the show actually started in a way that I didn't... I called it last week that it, in fact, would not start this way. But they proved me wrong. And it made sense by the end of the show. But you had uh, Matt Hardy and Adam Page in the opening. What was that? I have no idea. I thought you just stopped talking. No, it sounded like uh, like some something scraped some sort of metal across your head. Were, were you attacked, John? Is that what happened? Not that I know of. It could have been a very subtle attack. If anybody attacked me, they're really, really weak. Mm, a Skype attack, perhaps. Is it some more of that cyber attacks from Scum? It might be. I thought those were over after they were disbanded, but, I mean, perhaps the decade has begun a siege on ROH World now. Maybe they have, and we'll talk a little bit more about the decade here in a little bit when we continue our final battle review. These are teasers for you. This is how you, this is how you do it now. This is how you keep yeah. them around. But, uh, yeah, the opening match, Adam Page and Matt Hardy. Uh, what were your thoughts on this and the ridiculous heat that Matt Hardy got from the New York crowd? This is why I missed Matt Hardy, just because of the insane amount of heat and hatred he gets everywhere he goes, and I love it. The match itself wasn't anything special. I don't think anybody expected it to be. It was an okay opener. Uh, Adam Page is still really young. I think he's still, what, 21, 22 years old? Something like that. Still has a lot of room for improvement, but for what this was, I thought it was fine. There is so much raw, pure hatred from Matt Hardy. It is, it is ridiculous. It really came through on this show. I, I can't imagine actually being in that building when Matt Hardy makes an entrance. I, I don't know if I could ever love again after that. But yeah, Matt Hardy, very hated in New York City, uh, got the win against Adam Page here in the opener. And, uh, well... This was not the last time we would see Mr. Matthew Hardy on Final Battle. Although we were told it was, point blank. We were told that uh, this was, in fact, the final time we would see Matt Hardy, which proved untrue. And then we moved on to the next match, which, uh, John, it escapes me. The next match, in fact, was the strap match between Silas Young and Mark Briscoe. Oh, yeah. I didn't think I would like this match, and I didn't like it. I was okay with it. I didn't hate it, but it was not as good as I expected it to be. And I guess I had unreasonable expectations for it because I thought it would be pretty good. But it was just very disjointed, didn't have much of a structure to it. And I guess they tried to make it feel like a legitimate, real, tough fight, but... It just didn't really come across that way, and I hated the ending. 
Yes. I felt like the ending was, was uh, wrestling has so many cliches, and this is one of them, where you pull in the guy, and you both touch all three corners, and then at the last minute, you shove a guy, and you have him touch the last corner. I'm not a fan. I grew up, admittedly, in an era after the strap match was actually important and meant something. So maybe to those who grew up during the area of like a Wahoo McDaniel or something like that, maybe it means more to you. But to me, it's just a joke. Like, why did why why do they have to whip each other with a strap? Why can't they just fight with their hands? And Silas Young was very bad at whipping him with the strap too. Yeah, so it was. It had its moments. It tried to work in its big Ring of Honor ish spots, but at the end of the day, it was just a not very good match. And uh, Silas Young did, in fact, get the win. So I guess this thing with uh, Mark must continue. I figured this would be the end of it. This was seemed like the rubber match of their series, and Silas Young went over, so I see them both going their separate ways now. Usually, when I see a, uh, a heel win, I feel like the babyface needs to get his get the last word in. But uh, this is Ring of Honor, so they they work differently from every other company, I suppose. Yeah, and it could come in like a tag match or some kind of television segment, though. Sure. And uh, when's the next taping for them? By the way, because I know they'll be airing Final Battle in the next couple over the next couple of weeks, and then uh, is the next taping not until February? The next taping is early January, I believe. Oh, the January 4th show. Yes, when they film a lot of the Top Prospects tournament. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, yeah, the, I guess the Top Prospect thing will be the majority of the uh, first couple of uh, weeks for ROH TV of the new year. And, uh, all right, what was our next match here on this card? The next match was the Young Bucks defeating Adrenaline Rush. Another reason, last week we talked about how Ring of Honor needs to book the Young Bucks every time all my life. And this was proof right here because the Young Bucks and ACH and uh, TD Thomas, I believe they've wrestled before. But uh, yes, yes, they wrestled in a triple threat tag team match before. I think this was their first one on one or two on two match. Right. Okay. So yeah, this was great. Yeah, th- yeah. I'm not really sure what else to say about it. This was <laughs> this, this was great. Know. I love the Young Bucks. They're not only in the ring; they're very good, but they have great characters. And ACH is really good. There's moments of sloppiness from Tadarius Thomas, though, Yes, that kind of brought it down. Do you think ACH and TD Thomas should continue teaming, or should ACH move on to something else? See, I don't know what a guy like ACH could do right now as a singles guy. He's he's a very impressive high flyer, but, you know, he he, he can also dance. He can dance. he's, He's not a very good talker from what I've seen. Um, I feel like a tag team right now would be a good place for him to be because if he goes singles, I, I'm very afraid that he'll be turned into a comedy character, a comedy mid-card act, uh, similar to what Matt Taven ended up becoming. And uh, obviously, if you saw Final Battle, you saw what happens to uh, mid-card comedy acts like Matt Taven. So we'll get mm-hmm. there. But Another tease. But uh, yeah, I think right now a tag team is a, is a perfect place for him to be. Okay, yeah, I, I agree with that. And for the but this match itself, I loved it. It might have been my second favorite match of the night. Yes. And I thought the ending was insane. I, I, so, I saw it coming, I'm not going to lie, but I screamed. 
Like I was I so too. excited that it happened. Uh, uh, the spot we're talking about, I think the spot you're also talking about is where ACH went for the dive and got met yes. by double super kicks on the floor. Yes, double super kicks. And then that left uh, TD Thomas open, who, by the way, had been playing babyface in peril the entire match. Um, got left and got hit with more bang for your buck. And uh, the Young Bucks got the win. I Something thought... else that made me happy about that match, sorry to cut you off, no was at the end where the Bucks hit the spiked tombstone on TD Thomas. Right. I was afraid that he was going to pop up two minutes later and continue wrestling like nothing happened. Like happens that, that you know happens sometimes in indie wrestling. Yes. But that took him out for the remainder of the match, and the only other move that happened with them was the more bang for your buck. I was yes. so happy to see something like that actually happen. It's very rare to get good psychology in a young bucks match. I'm not going to lie, but this this was very good. Especially because, uh, judging from, you know, compared to the first two matches, this was a huge step up in action. And uh, this this is one thing I really enjoyed from the entire Final Battle show is they used both halves to sort of start slow. I think in the second half, they started slower than they wanted to, but they start slow and then they build you up. And by the end, it's incredible. And I, this happened in both halves. So this was uh, the Young Bucks match. Very good match from these four. And... Uh, Again, just book the Young Bucks, Ring of Honor. Just book them. And they've announced that they will be continued to be booked in 2014. So our good prayers have been answered. It is a Christmas miracle. Yes. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> and then we went into our fourth match, which uh, was that the uh, ridiculous stretcher match that I wasn't looking forward to? I believe this was a stretcher match. Uh, they kind of changed the rules to set mounts midway through. <laughs> they did. I... This is the part where I'm going to have to eat my words because I was very critical of a stretcher match in Ring of Honor. I, I thought it was stupid. I thought it was just a silly gimmick on what should be the biggest show of the year. And I don't feel like you need silly gimmicks to sell the biggest show of the year. But this match, it wasn't my favorite match. And I don't like these types of matches uh, generally. But this was a very fun, violent match. Between Kevin Steen and Mike Bennett. It just it started off crazy and violent and it never slowed down. Yeah, exactly. Uh this was a lot better than it had any right to be. Yeah. And I think uh, I'm not sure if that comes from them throwing up the stretcher, which it wasn't a stretcher, it was like an army gurney, they said. Yes. I, I wish they would have kind of kept that just for the hilarious visuals of them getting carried out like that but <laughs> yeah this had this was a lot better than it had any right to be it was fun it was wild it was it was great i thought they played off their feuds of going feud over the pile driver perfectly i thought it i just thought it was a ton of fun uh it it was a very pleasant surprise it really was it was uh you know they had a point early in the beginning where they were trying to use the uh, the gurney if you will and Kevin Cena ended up tearing it up and said, well, we don't need a gurney. And I don't know if 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 this was planned or what, but afterward it felt like neither of them really knew how they were going to win um, because there was no stretcher left. So it ended up with Kevin Cena just giving Michael Bent like a thousand package pile drivers until the referee stopped it. But very good stuff from, from both guys. Uh it was just very violent, very fun, and by the end there was so much carnage. It was a great visual to uh, close the first half of the show. So, 
Congratulations and the shocker of all shockers. John, Mike Bennett can no longer use the pile driver. I don't know how his career is ever going to progress at this point. That was such an iconic move in Mike Bennett's arsenal. I don't know what he's going to win with moving it's, forward. It's going to be very hard to rebound from this, you know. Uh it's he's going to have to go back and regroup. Maybe have some uh, some long talks with Maria. And uh, I was going to say Brutal Bob, but I guess they're not really in cahoots anymore. No, but do you think they threw out the stretcher stipulation because they knew Kevin Steen wouldn't fit on it? Ouch. <laughs> I apologize. That was mean. I shouldn't have said that. That was... Wow. John. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified for my life now that he'll come and kill me. He's coming for you. He's... he's... He has booked a one-way – well, he wouldn't want to stay there. But he has booked a round-trip ticket to, to Florida. And he's going to find you. I am now going into hiding. This will be my last ever ROH cap. <laughs> All right. So that was the uh, first half of the show. Based off this first half, John, what would, you, uh, what would you grade this show? What do you mean? Like say like I just watched the first half and then gave my overall grade of the half? or Yeah, yeah. I'm putting you on the spot right now. I'd say the first half was probably about a seven, seven and a half out of ten. I really enjoyed this first half. Yes, it was very entertaining first half. Got me very excited. And this, this, these were all the matches that I really wasn't looking forward to. So I was very pleasantly surprised by all that. And then we moved into the second half, which I was delighted to see was opened up by Prince Nana. A favorite here on the ROH cast. And uh, he was mercilessly booed by the Jerks New York. Even though he gave a shout out, not a shout out, but a uh, rest in peace to Nelson Mandela and said something good about Barack Alabama. Yeah, you, you got to love Barack Alabama. You know, he's, he's a great man. He is. Um, so eventually... The uh, the duo known as Red Dragon they took a they took acceptance to something that uh, Nana said. I don't really know what it was. Fans were booing so bad I couldn't really hear anybody in this promo. But uh, the the end saw the uh, Red Dragon guys kill Prince Nana with chasing the dragon, which made me very sad. Anytime bad things happen to Prince Nana, I get sad. As do I. And then we had the epic contest that was Red Dragon versus Outlaw Inc. And John, New York City hated this. They hated every second of this. And this probably got the worst reviews I have ever seen a live match get. Yeah. They yeah. hate I don't think hate is a strong enough word. What's the word stronger than hate? They they detested this with every fiber of their collective being. Ooh, that's good. Mm. They did not like this. And they, uh, I mean, halfway through, they started chanting, end this match. I feel like uh, Red Dragon turned babyface when they, in fact, did end the match. That was enough for a babyface turn for them. I I don't know. It was a, it was a, watching it on on TV, it didn't seem like a terrible match. Okay, I was afraid I was going to be the only one who thought that. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I got to say, though, there was um, the beginning. 
I believe it was Eddie Kingston. I don't remember now, but it, it was Eddie Kingston, I believe, who who was playing Babyface in Peril, and he was the Babyface in Peril for like it felt like a thousand hours. And I know that's supposed to be the point, but it got to the point where when he went to make the tag and Homicide got pulled off the apron, I was like, oh my god, we're going to have to see him try and get the hot tag again. And it wasn't an excitement thing. It was like an, oh my god, please tag out because this has overstayed its welcome. And then it just kept going. I think that was what the, what the major complaint was live. Not that it was a terrible match, just that it was boring. And that it killed, and they and people their lives said it pretty much killed the crowd for the second half. Yeah, what very you know it was it it did drag. They tried to do their big moves, but by that time the crowd had already decided that they didn't like this match. It wasn't terrible, but if you're live, I'm sure you have um, many different opinions on this show, and uh, you know that's uh that's what you get for a live show. It happens that way sometimes, and the uh, live crowd sees it differently. From and the, I think people the reason them. they saw it differently was because of the weird build towards this match. I don't think they really knew who to cheer for. You're right. No baby faces in this match. And that just, and the fact that they made Kingston the big baby face in peril, I thought was weird too. It seems like if they're going to do that, shouldn't Homicide play that role since he's yeah. so much smaller? He's a smaller guy. It made a lot more sense. But nope. They in fact... Uh, had Kingston play the big baby face, you're right. And then uh, afterward, after uh, Red Dragon hit the uh, chasing the dragon while using a steel chair instead of the uh, traditional kick, they uh, Eddie Kingston and uh, Homicide announced that they would no longer play by uh, Ring of Honor's rules, which made me wonder when breaking people's fingers was actually within the rules of Ring of Honor. <laughs> But I, I guess they're they're playing by their own rules now. And Kevin Kelly outright said that we should fire them now. Woo! And what did you think? Okay, commentary that on this show. First half was Nigel McGinnis. Second half was Steve Carino. Did you enjoy one more than the other? Or I like them equal? both. I like them both for very different reasons. I I do feel though that they should switch and have Carino announcing the first half because he's so comedic and so funny. He could really bring some energy to the first half. And then Nigel McGuinness is a much more serious commentator. I think he would be much more, uh, much more saved for main event quality matches. Like what we got in the second half. Okay. That makes sense. Are you, are you a bigger fan of Carino's than you are of Nigel's? I think like you said, I'm a big fan of both of them for completely different reasons. I think, McGinnis can get more out of the match, like emotional wise, emotionally, but Carino is can make it more entertaining from a comedic sense. And I think what you said is perfect. Have Carino call the smaller matches and then bring McGinnis in for the larger matches. But I think they might have done this this way so that McGinnis wouldn't have been out there for the events later on that we'll discuss after the mystery tag team partner match. That's right. Well, we will get there. But first, they had the TV title match, which I was, when it first began, I was like, oh my God, this match. And then I was like, oh my God, this match, because Tommaso Ciampa came out and poor Matt Taven, but Tommaso Ciampa murdered this man. 
He did. It was brutal. It was he awesome. He actually murdered Tomasa Ciampa. He murdered Truth Martini. He murdered Scar- Scarlet. And he murdered Casey Ray. Yes. He annihilated the entire House of Truth. It was a, basically a four-minute squash, but it was like the most exciting squash you would ever see ever. And uh, he hit the knee to Scarlet. He... Uh, well, first he killed Taven on the on the outside on the on the guardrail for a while, and then he air raid crashed him on the rail, and then he uh, gave Scarlet the knee, and he gave Project Champa to Casey Ray. See, this was so exciting, I remember every move. <laughs> Probably because you're saying every move that, that happened. There weren't that many <laughs> moves that happened so quickly. Yeah, um, it was it was awesome, and then he uh, he got uh, Matt Taven in the uh, the rings of Saturn. I don't know what he's calling it, but. Uh, he dapped him out, and Tommaso Ciampa, in just four minutes, is your new TV champion. So a four-minute match ends uh, Matt Taven's, like, thousand-year reign or whatever. And I hope this is what every single one of Ciampa's title defenses are like until he meets his big challenger for the belt. Yeah, because, yeah, I love watching Ciampa just kill guys. I wish Ring of Honor were more... Uh, more of a traditional wrestling promotion in the sense that they allow more squash matches. Everything has to be competitive in there. So this was very refreshing, and I hope they let Ciampa do this more often because he's very good at just killing guys. And uh, then we moved on to the mystery tag match, John, with uh, Roderick Strong and Jay Lethal against Eddie Edwards. And who was the mystery partner? The man they promised would be worth the price of admission alone turned out to be none other than B.J. Whitmer. B.J. Whitmer. How did you feel, John, upon the announcement of this mystery partner? The, uh, because of the build they gave it, it was underwhelming, but I was I was okay with it. It, it was cool to see B.J. Whitmer. At the at the time, we believed it would be his last ever match or last ever appearance for Ring of Honor. Yeah, so the, so the reasons they gave behind it made sense. Right, they did. Nigel did try and give it backstory and, and make it sort of be an emotional moment for both guys. Um, and it was, you know, it was fine. I was very dis. I heard about this uh, before I saw the show. I saw spoilers, and I was like, "What? B.J. Whitmer, really?" But uh, then we watched. I watched it, and it made more sense. Um, and then, if if you if you know you know if you heard the backstory, Hero was supposed to be the tag partner here. He actually did the opening match at the uh, CZW show, and then he hustled to uh, New York City for this. But uh, the snow was so bad, I believe, or the weather was so bad in New York, he didn't make it on time. But I think that was for the better because he got to shoot the closing angle later, which we'll talk about. Yeah, I think it worked out a lot better the way it did, especially with what we got after this match. But yeah, what did you had... think about the match itself? I thought it was so-so. I, I I was expecting a lot. I don't know what I was expecting from, from these guys, but I was expecting a much more crazy, uh, spirited send-off. Um, I don't really remember the match. All I remember is uh, Edwards getting the uh, the quick flash pin. Yeah, I this match was kind of... Dull. It wasn't that exciting, which was disappointing, con- considering who was in this match, and this was going to be Eddie Edwards' last match in Ring of Honor for at least a while. But this match featured one of the most mind-numbingly stupid spots I have ever seen in my entire life. 
All right, take Ed, me through this. Okay, Eddie Edwards evaded Roderick Strong, which sent him to the outside. Then for some reason, B.J. Whitmer casually goes to the outside on the other side of the ring and just stands there. <laughs> Eddie Edwards and Jay Lethal lock eyes, and they both dive on their opponents. So, so Eddie Edwards dives on Strong. Lethal dives on Whitmer. They get back in the ring, and I believe they do it once more. And then, finally, Lethal cuts off Edwards when he tries it again with the lethal injection. What? That made no sense whatsoever. I, Why would any of that happen? I think Kevin Kelly explained it. He tried his best to explain that they, they respect each other so much that they were allowing each other to dive on their opponents. And I was just going, what? Why? You're, ma- you're wrestling. Why can't you shake hands before? Isn't that enough respect? Yeah, it just – that's just the kind of stuff that just – I don't know. That that just really, really bothered me. Does that uh, does that uh, not respect the rules for you, John? I know I know how much of a stickler you are for rules. It doesn't kill the rules because I guess it's still legal, but it just defies logical why they would just allow each other to beat up their opponents or their partners. Just see they're on the outside and then go at it in the ring. And I don't understand why B.J. Whitmer would leave the ring – and to stand there, other than the fact that that's the next spot coming. Yep, very indie-rific, as uh, some critics would would put it. I this you know it didn't bother me too much. I just I'm used to silly things happening on the indie scene, but yeah, it should bother me. You're right. So that happened, and then but more important thing about this match is what happened after the final bell rang. Indeed. So yes, Eddie Edwards got the pin. And then Jay Lethal came off like the biggest geek here. (laughs) (laughs) He just said, I'm going to leave now, Eddie. Bye. And he left. He goes, because I I respect you too much or something like that. And I was like, well, that kind of makes BJ Whitmer and Roderick Strong look like dicks. Which they should have, I guess, by the end. But still, it's like, okay. So Lethal leaves. And then uh, Eddie Edwards talks and he does he tries to do the Davy Richards thing but nobody can do the closing promo like Davy Richards come on now um he he goes to th- this I thought was awesome cuz I did not see this coming at all I read the spoilers and this was not listed in the spoilers so it kind of lost my marbles for this but uh you had Eddie Edwards giving a uh, BJ Whitmer an emotional goodbye apologizing that his career had ended um, before it should have. And Whitmer says, well, actually, Eddie, my career is just getting started. And then he eats a sick kick from Roderick Strong, and awesomeness ensues. Yes, I was. I knew this was coming, and it was, and it was still making me geek out. Yeah, this was great. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs, awesome promo. Can you just describe the nature of the promo? It was a vicious tirade on how guys continued to tr- uh, take Ring of Honor for granted. They kept leaving, and uh, guys like Jimmy Jacobs and Roderick Strong, who had been there for most of the decade, weren't going to stand for it anymore, Eddie Edwards. They weren't going to take it anymore. And uh, then they uh, Whitmer and uh, Strong held up Eddie, 
and uh, Jimmy Jacobs proceeded to use the railroad spike. You know, Jimmy Jacobs has been playing the babyface for so long now. I can't remember an impassioned Jimmy Jacobs promo being this good. In this was very long. good. It was awesome. If uh, you missed this part of the show, this is worth going back and watching. It was just great. It uh, set up the new faction. I believe they are actually calling themselves the Decade. And uh, they, they're going to run wild on Ring of Honor, brother. Yeah, where do you see them going? Because I think this has a ton of potential. Very few things in wrestling make me more excited than the formation of a heel faction. <laughs> you know, heel factions are... are I, I don't know if Ring of Honor is still recovered from having its last heel faction. Um. I, I people... don't think this one's going to be the overarching storyline for the entire company, though. Yeah, that's true. Although they did tease the formation of another faction at the end of the show. But anyway, um, they, you know, I guess I see them just killing guys and, and feuding with with uh, mid-card acts that really don't have much to do. And I know that sounds like I'm condemning them, but I'm not. It, it sounds like a really good thing for the mid-card. And I guess they can get their title matches at some point. You know, everybody gets their big Ring of Honor title match at a house show. Um, so that that's sort of where I see the decade right now. Okay, I can kind of see them doing slightly more than that. I'm not sure if they'll ever capture any kind of gold, but I can see them at first going after the young people, like the Adam Pages, saying they don't even deserve a spot in a company like this. And then I can see them feuding with Chris Hero once this whole Adam Cole thing passes by. Yeah. That, that the hero thing would make a lot of sense because I think that was the crux of why they came together. Is like guys keep leaving, and hero you left, and now you came back because nobody wanted you anymore, or something like that. Although everybody wants hero, but you know it's wrestling. Um, I, I I think actually they'll they'll have a a big feud with Jay Lethal, or at least tease that they want to recruit him, and then have Lethal be the babyface and be like, no, I don't want to because I'm already unbeatable. I don't I don't need a faction. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need anybody to help. Yes, I I am the one man faction. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I actually see the lethal thing because lethal left before, and and it just, I guess that that kind of planted the seeds. But I, I did like this angle a lot, and uh, I'm hope they do more with it than what I predicted. But I just see a a good refreshing mid card act who uh, feud with other guys. And it's nice to see Strong get some kind of direction, finally. Yes. I believe BJ Whitmer will be their manager, which kind of frightens me because that means he'll have to cut promos. I can see him being a tag partner with uh, Jimmy Jacobs. Maybe have Jacobs take up the majority of the work, depending on how serious Whitmer's injury is, which I don't think it can be too serious if he wrestled a match like he did at Final Battle. But even if it does limit him in the ring, have Jacobs do the majority of the work in tag matches. Yeah, you could do that as well. So uh, a lot of possibilities opened up here on this on this uh, in this tag match, this semi main event, and this is what you have to do in final battle. You close some storylines in the first half, you ended things, and now you're starting things and getting us excited for the new year. A great year end show so far, which only got better. And this main event match, John, Michael Elgin, Jay Briscoe versus Adam Cole 
for the Ring of Honor world title. This was a very good match, as would be expected from people like this. I thought this was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I, I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. It was just a very good way to end this show. This, to me, was the opposite of the uh, strap match, because the strap match, I didn't expect much, and I didn't get much. In this match, I was expecting the world, and I got the universe. This was awesome. I don't even know how long this went. Upon hindsight, I'm like going over the spots in my head, and I'm like, it must have went a long time. But at the time, I was having a great time with this match. I didn't notice the time flying by. Yeah, I believe it's about 30 minutes longer or so, but wow. like you said, it flew by. It started out a little slow, as would be expected. They were Adam Cole was taking his time on the floor, playing the cowardly heel, yeah. making Elgin and Briscoe go after each other. But once it picked up, it really picked up. Oh, my God. There were just so many crazy three, three-way moves. I can't even describe most of them. Uh, but uh, there was just... So much wildness. At one point, Adam Cole, um, Jay Briscoe delivered on his promise. Where Adam Cole ended up getting put through a table, and it left Elegant and Briscoe to fight each other. And uh, they they just had great times. And they made Elgin, you know, because I guess he was going to take the pin, so they needed to make Elgin look like an absolute monster. And boy, did they do that! They did a great job at that. They, uh, they had everything going down. Eventually, uh, Adam Cole came back from the rubbish of the uh, the uh, wreckage of the uh, table, and then Matt Hardy came out and 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 shocker of all shockers, uh, a year ago at Final Battle, Matt Hardy was helping, or he was feuding with Adam Cole. Now he's helping him. So there was a great spot where uh, Mark Briscoe comes out, and then uh, it's like the three of them on the outside and then Michael Elgin has Jay Briscoe up for the power bomb and then he power bombs Jay to the outside onto everybody and then he he like just charges like a monster out to the outside and kills everyone that was awesome that was so cool Michael Elgin rules and he did like a ton of deadlift stuff you know just strong man stuff Michael Elgin just looked like all right, he took the pin here, but the next time he sees these guys, he's going to kill somebody. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what they needed to do if they had him take the pin. I said one minor complaint about this match. Let's hear it. Elgin and Briscoe went through a table on the outside, went through the commentary table, which is when Adam Cole got back in the ring. That's right. Adam Cole asked for a countout, and Todd Sinclair started counting. When has there ever been a countout in a traditional triple threat match like that? Yeah, there are no disqualifications. I mean, they were using tables and stuff, but uh, I guess you can have a countout. I guess it, it maybe it doesn't count as a countout win. Maybe it counts as a knockout win. You like okay, it? I'll accept that. As, I'll accept that one. Yeah, but it's 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 not fair when I have to make up the rules. They should explain that on commentary. I think they were too worried about their headsets still working at that point, though. Oh, that's right. They were having trouble. Uh, but but yes. other than that one minor complaint, this match ruled. 
Yeah, yeah, Jay Briscoe. He hit two day drillers at one point and uh, couldn't get Which the win. Which is, to me, the scariest move in wrestling. Yes. Um, just uh, very, very good. I, I was f- having a... I had many a fangirl moment during this match. There was the one spot where Cole was going for... I think they call it the Florida Destroyer. But the, the, uh, Briscoe flipped him off and Elgin caught him in the buckle bomb. Yes. Ah! <laughs> The Panama City Destroyer. Panama that's City a, Destroyer. That's a great name for a move. Yes, is that yeah that in the Florida Key? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, awesome match. Eventually, uh, uh, Cole won by by grabbing the tight. So he didn't even win. Uh, he didn't even win clean. He and that cheated. was after Elgin's been killed by Jay Briscoe for like two or three minutes with just Jade Driller after Jade Driller. Yeah. So Elgin looked like a friggin' monster. And I said it at the start of 2013, and I'll say it here at the start of 2014. Michael Elgin will be the Ring of Honor champion by the end of the year. <laughs> As he keeps saying it, eventually it will come true. It will come true. It has to, man. Um, just awesome, awesome match. I, I recommend, again, anybody needs to watch this just because there's so many twists and turns in this match. You think... A thirty-minute match would get old, but it didn't. It was so fun. It, it flowed perfectly from start to finish. I, I loved it. I loved it. All right, this this then, might uh, be one of my top three Ring of Honor matches of the year. I'd have to think about it, but probably. It, it, um, for me, Ring of Honor kind of flows together from year to year, so I'd have to actually sit down and think about it. But we'll, uh, I'll have to because. Uh, we have an announcement for what's going on uh, on the next show that we'll talk about a little bit later on. Then we had the post-match with uh, Matt Hardy and Adam Cole. Uh, I guess officially allied now. Yes, and they were just wrecking everybody in the ring. They were they were being very mean jerks, being big hills. <laughs> And uh, then they they celebrated and they hugged to, I guess, solidify that they are infected in alliance. And then, and then, Chris is awesome. And New York City exploded. That's that's the perfect way to describe it. People went insane. And I'm not even the biggest Chris Hero fan, but I marked out for this. Yeah, they set it up so perfectly. I guess in hindsight, we should have seen it coming, but I didn't, you know? And it was, it just felt so cool because you set up a, you set up another, I guess like a heel alliance. I don't even want to call it a faction, although news newsletters are saying that it is going to be a faction. Um, you're setting up a heel alliance between Adam Cole and the most hated man in Ring of Honor, Matt Hardy. And, then you ha- you know you have that set up so you know that's going to be a, a theme for the next year but then at the very end you have pardon the pun the hero come in and show that in fact you're not going to dominate this year because I'm also back and uh I will be the foil to you in this next year and he laid him out and then he cut the promo the show promo and everybody went nuts and it just sets up that th- it sets up, you already know at the end of 2013 what the main conflict is going to be, at least for the first half of 2014. And that's perfect, I think. It 
closed everything that needed to be closed while still opening up enough doors to make the future exciting. Yeah, very, very good uh, year-end show. So now we know that we have two things going into the new year. We have the decade, and we also have Hardy and Cole and, and Chris Hero. I love this show. I really liked it. It it had its points where I was not enamored. But you know what? I'm going to give this show an 8 out of 10. That's slightly higher than I'll give. I'll give it a 7.5 out of 10. Hmm. Yeah, I, I. You gave the first half a seven, correct? Yes, and I, and yeah, and I. Eh, I'll give it an eight out of ten. I, I feel like a jerk giving it a seven and a half. It's an eight yeah. out of ten. It's a, it's a darn good show. It was a very good show. I wasn't expecting much. I was thinking, you know, yeah, maybe I'll just buy CZW because the build, you know, but an awesome show. And now I'm pretty eager for. Uh, the the next chapter began and things happen. Unfortunately, I'm gonna have to wait like a year for it to air on television. So uh, that stuff's gonna happen. But anyway, that is final battle 2013. First, we want to hear your thoughts on it as well at roh underscore world on Twitter and rohworld.com slash forum and on our Facebook. We'll talk about your final battle thoughts. Uh, your Final battle thoughts. If you have any, if you left any before, we'll talk about them later today on listener topics. But if you have any thoughts that you haven't shared yet, share them now, and we'll talk about them in uh, a couple weeks for our next show. But uh, the start of the new chapter, Jen, it's coming. New stuff is happening in Ring of Honor, and there have been a few match announcements that we should get into as we uh, get into the news. <laughs> Here's John. Yes, final battle concluded in a kind of dis in kind of disarray, and that crazy ending has led to a huge match signed for Ring of Honor's January 25th return to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, with a show titled Wrestling's Finest. The main event is a three-way elimination tag team match with Adam Cole and Matt Hardy versus Chris Hero and Michael Elgin versus the Briscoes. Wow. That's all I can say about that. It's just, wow. That is a huge match. I wish I could be there. And that's not all. There's another amazing match on this show. In one of, I had to think our match of the year contenders for 2013 was Roderick Strong versus Paul London. Sure. Well, now it's going to be Roderick Strong versus Paul London in a two out of three falls match. They're giving it to you, John. They they heard you. They heard your love for this match, and they're going to do it again. I am already wanting to pre-order this show on Video On Demand. I am. This is going to be incredible, I think. Yeah. They're going to set this up, and it's going to be really cool. And I hope this... Uh, yeah, I'll probably pre-order this, but I also hope this airs on TV because uh, I think the world needs to see uh, these matches. I, I, I think so, too. This... If, if you live in Pittsburgh, I am jealous right now. I never thought I'd say that about living in Pittsburgh, but ah! I'm extremely jealous. Yes. Pittsburgh, if you don't go to this show, you are wrong. You are very wrong. And uh, is that all the news? I believe Chris Hero has also been confirmed for a number of shows. 
Yes, Chris here has been confirmed. Uh, the Young Bucks have been confirmed to be booked in 2014. Uh, there's a quick tidbit about about the Outlaw Inc. being quote unquote suspended, and that's pretty much everything about that's pretty much all the major fallout from Final Battle. So there you go. A lot of uh, stuff going on in Ring of Honor, and uh, in a good way. We have things that we can talk about, and uh, Ring of Honor, as it should be after Final Battle, is very exciting and very fun to talk about. So we're looking forward to uh, your listener topics coming up. And also, remember, send us any feedback you have on this show, biggest show of the year. So, of course, we want to hear your thoughts on it. It'll tell you how in a little bit. But right now, John, let's go to the listener topics. Here's John. Once again, the ROH cast force has let us down. We have really? just two questions this week. Oh, what's going Neither on? Neither referring to Final Battle in any way. Really? That? Really? You are letting me down, ROH cast force. What is going on? We This is the biggest show of the year. We need your thoughts. We need your input. Next week, or in two weeks, when we record our, our our first show of 2013, I expect massive questions, topics, and feedback on Final Battle. If not, I will be very disappointed in you. I, I agree. But let's try to put our disappointment aside and answer these two questions the best we can. Let's do it. Uh. At WA2K1999 on Twitter asks, Assuming AJ Styles is actually a free agent, how would you book him in Ring of Honor? And this is something we discussed uh, briefly last week, but do you have any other thoughts on how you would want to how you'd want to present AJ Styles in Ring of Honor? No, nah, nah, I'd, I'd book him the same way. I'd book him against Adam Cole. I think actually now that you have Matt Hardy, it's an even more interesting dynamic where... Matt Hardy is sort of talking for Cole, although not to say Cole can't talk because Cole's a phenomenal talker, but, you know, AJ Styles just came out of a big company. Matt Hardy just came out of a big company. Um, and and you can have that sort of dynamic as well added into what could ultimately be AJ Styles uh, sort of passing the torch uh, to Adam Cole. So I think that could be very good, a very good feud that could only benefit Cole. Okay, yeah, I, I would like to see that. And I think now with the formation of the decade, they seem like a obvious target to go after AJ Styles in his ret- if he ever does return to Ring of Honor. By the way, did we talk about this? Um, he needs to come back for at least the anniversary show. Uh, yes, I say he at the very least he should be back to the anniversary show, and then if we are getting greedy. Then come back for Supercard of Honor as well. Yeah, I know his booking fee is ridiculous um, for an indie guy, but it, you know, bring him back for a, for one nighter at the anniversary show. Pay him what he wants because that would be an awesome, awesome moment. Do you like uh, the decade versus AJ Hero and uh, someone else, and just be like, this is our. Or, and uh, and a lethal maybe if you want, yeah. You know, oh yeah, please do that. Yeah, 
So do it, Rung of Honor. I just booked your anniversary show for you. You're welcome. You are welcome, Delirious. And our only other question comes from Facebook. And for some reason, I just closed out Facebook for no reason. So bear with me as I try to kill a few moments of everybody's time to go find this question. And the question is from Ken Smell. All right. And he says, I'm spending $50 on streamers for the January 25th show in Pittsburgh. I'm jealous of you, Mr. Smell. Uh, $25 for Adam Cole and $25 for everyone else. Is this normal? If not, why? I'd say that this is, in fact, perfectly normal. There used to be a time when the... uh, Modern wrestling, the normal wrestling fan in his natural habitat would spend a inordinate amount of money on uh, construction paper and and stuff for for posters and signs. But I believe that mentality has changed, and now you can spend said money on streamers. So you are in you're in good company, Mister Smell, and uh, I wish you a great time in Pittsburgh, you lucky man. Yeah, I'm not. I've never been to a show where streamers are thrown, but I believe that is a reasonable amount. How have you not been to a show where streamers are thrown? Well, you go to Evolve, so nobody cares about Evolve. I go to that, and other shows don't come here. The other shows that I, that other indie shows that come here are headlined by QT Marshall and stuff like that, <laughs> and Jesse Neal. I'm 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 sorry. So yeah, I, I think I'll pass on those. Well, John, one day when you come out to Southern California, I am taking you to a PWG show, and you will change the way you watch live wrestling. I am very much so looking forward to that. Step up that question-asking game, homies, because in two weeks, not only are we coming back to answer your questions and to get ready for the year that was uh, and preview the year of 2014 for Ring of Honor, but we're doing awards. The year that was in 2013, the good, the bad, the the horrible. We're looking at all that for the awards show coming up. Uh, I don't know when we're doing it, John, but we'll do it next time. And a very special guest. If you want to ask him questions, this will be your opportunity. We get to find out, John. We get to be journalists and find out what happened to this man. After he left the ROH cast. He's coming to the show. For the award show is. ROHworld.com co-founder. Harry. Harry's coming back to the ROH cast, John, and we're going to ask him whatever we want to ask him. Are you ready? I have one question and one question only for him. Did he get stuffed? We will find out the answer to this question and so many more on the next episode of the ROH cast. <laughs>